Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that was not at Lake of the Ozarks this weekend, it's Sifpod. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. In a world. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined by my co-host who is way too smart to take off his mask at an orgy. It's Andrew Ormsby. Oh, boy. Each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Is that like a God voice? Is that what that is? No, it was a movie trailer guy voice. Oh, okay. So there the Don go. LaFontaine voice modulator. Like like I said, God voice. You know, I mean, you know, that's what yeah, movie trailer I guys mean, do. And yeah, I guess, you know, <laughs> like the God narrator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Bill Murray in uh, Groundhog Day. I'm not the God, but I'm a God. I'm just a God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I oh. love that scene so much. That, I love that whole scene. I love that whole movie so well, much. Well, I love the whole movie, obviously, but that scene is just so great. Yeah. Like, that's what he jumps to. No, oh, I'm not the God, <laughs> but I am a God. Oh, man. It is uh, good to hear your voice, man. Uh, we're going to have a good time chatting about uh, a, a new movie that we saw on Netflix, yeah. The Lovebirds, and uh, also going to answer a sift quest about the unbreakable kimmy schmidt interactive special on netflix so that'll be fun we've got some best ever challenge going on best ever movies uh with the word love in them uh, that we're going to get to today as well and of course our buried treasure all that to come on this sift pop but before we get into it how you holding up man uh it is a weird time which is saying the least of the stuff that's going on but uh but how yeah. you holding up oh i'm doing good i uh i'm actually Built. This is gonna sound weird. I'm building a mask, a respirator mask. Oh, whoa. yeah. Not a. Uh, I have like an N95 mask I use when I go to the store and stuff for now. But uh, you see a lot of people, and they they especially uh, people in the healthcare industry where they post pictures of their faces with the the N95, how it like gives them the pressure marks on their face and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm building a mask for myself. That has all the nifty goodies in it and everything like that. So it'll have the respirator, but then also other stuff like uh, it's going to have a headset uh, in it so I can listen to music. And it'll have like a little uh, mic in it. So if I get a phone call, I can talk with them inside the mask and stuff. Wow. So, yeah, 
That's what I've been doing. In other words, I've been very, very bored. (laughs) That's amazing. That's uh, that's really impressive. I I don't even know how to. I mean, I'm just using my time to to watch old episodes of the Dick Van Dyke Show. So, <laughs> like, you're being a lot more productive than I am. Uh, I was about. I was literally just about to say. I don't know which of us is spending our time more wisely. Yeah, right. I think the answer might be you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show, man. Uh, oh, it, I love the Dick Van Dyke Show. It is. It is my. I'm gonna say it's my fourth time. It's through. your favorite show, right? It is my all-time favorite show. Yeah, it's my all-time yeah. favorite TV show. Uh, it's my fourth time through. This will be my fourth time through. And it's just... It's just... Of, co- of course, there's the nostalgia to it, which is a weird nostalgia because the show came out 15 years before I was born. Uh, so it's not yeah. like it's nostalgia from my own childhood, except that it is nostalgia from my own childhood because it was on like Nick at Night and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. I, just, I just loved it. And so there's the nostalgia aspect of it, and there's just something about Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore that is just, it's just comfort. It's just watching them and Richie and the the TV show Comedy Writer's Room, all of that is just like, for my soul, is just like this comfort, beautiful place. And I just, it gives me such joy to watch that thing. I 100% understand and can relate to what you're saying because, like you, uh, an example for me would be uh, I Love Lucy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I obviously wasn't around whenever it originally aired, but it was a part of my childhood because Nick at Night, you know, I Love Lucy came on, and I think Lucille Ball might be the funniest female uh, comedy mind ever. I think she is just the epitome of brilliance uh i just love that show so much yeah she's certainly uh, be in the conversation so yeah, i totally get oh yeah so yeah that's what we've been up to yeah we have not been going to lake of the ozarks no no that wasn't us we were not there uh, i promise uh you ready to get into it man yeah all right let's kick it off with a review of the lovebirds we know he's dead, but we didn't kill him. He, like, tripped for a murder or whatever. We didn't murder anybody! One, two, three, go! No. Jabron! Okay, the guy's name is Jabron. Run, Leilani! And the girl's name's actually Leilani. Shit. She's running, too, now. Kind of slow, like, she's wearing heels that look actually amazing. We have to go to the police, because we have nothing to hide. Why did you run from the scene of the crime? Good question, officer. That's me covering up my body cam. On the brink of breaking up, a couple gets unintentionally embroiled in a bizarre murder mystery. As they get closer to clearing their names and solving the case, they need to figure out how they and their relationship can survive the night. Uh, This is Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae uh, as the couple. Uh, You've also got kind of a cast that you've seen them before and stuff, but aren't necessarily sure who they are i know uh kyle bornheimer steps in there for a second uh paul sparks uh who you know from a few other things is in there anna camp uh who i know from the pitch perfect movies the most uh hop oh in yeah there i was too. about to say she might be the the most famous one besides uh kamel and uh Issa ray yeah well yeah paul sparks because he's also in like a uh, house of cards and stuff like that uh directed and kyle by- bornheimer yeah directed by michael showalter uh whose name you probably know um and it is kind of an inexpensive movie that was just supposed to come out i think basically the week everything shut down this movie was supposed to debut 
and yeah. they decided to send it on to Netflix, and it debuted this week. So, Andrew, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? <sighs> just okay. Maybe middle of just okay, because I've been going back, like, is it the high side of okay or low side of okay? I'll, I'll just, for now, I'll just say it's okay. Yeah. I am, I am on the high side of okay. Maybe even... Inching into the low side of liked it. Uh, I think this is one I might go back to. And again, it's so weird during this time because every time I see a new movie, it's just like, oh, a new movie. Yay. Yes. <laughs> You're like, thank you. Thank yeah. you. So I have no idea how this would hit me in a normal year where I'm going to the movies every single weekend. I'm seeing some great stuff, some mediocre stuff, some horrible stuff. It's just like when I'm only seeing a new movie every month or so right now. It, it just it, yeah. everything feels special, and so I'm. I think I'm more apt to enjoy it, maybe more than I would. But maybe this is an okay movie. Uh, I certainly laughed a few times. I certainly it felt interesting to me to watch it. I didn't feel bored during the movie, so that's that's got to be something good. Yeah. Uh, so I guess a good thing to start off with is the likes. Uh, what's the first thing that pops out to you when you think of? alike in this movie i bought the chemistry i bought camille and isa together uh and i think that's that was going to be mine i think it's very very important for this movie obviously that you do because the movie is about them and their relationship and the stuff going on around them where the humor is coming from can only work if you're invested in who they are as a couple and i think the movie does that very well it's one of those movies where it's kind of the i don't know what you would call it all in a day movie where it's basically mm. everything happens in the same 24-hour period. And yeah. that's, that's a fun kind of movie. And they, because you like them individually and together, and because you believe that their relationship is on the verge of splitting up, and yet at the same time believe that they do love each other, I think you're invested. And so that's, I think that's part of the reason that I, that I kind of stuck with it. I really like them together. Yeah, 100%. Uh, a caveat to that, because I totally agree with everything you say, and this isn't really a... Uh, it's kind of a performance thing, but you can definitely tell where the... Uh, I think that I want to see how long the script for this movie actually is, because it is, to me anyway, very apparent that a lot of this dialogue was just ad-libbed. Like... Hey, you guys go in this room. We need you to talk to this guy. Just make it funny. And because it doesn't seem really genuine or scripted, it seems really uh, made up on the spot, improved. Did you get that vibe at all? Yeah, I, you know, I get that vibe with a lot of these kind of comedies, though. And I think that is a kind of new directing style. It doesn't surprise me that Showalter would be into letting his actors and actresses. Um, I should just say actors. I think that covers everybody. Letting his actors, you know, do what they want to do and improv how they want to improv. Uh, I think uh, Apatow is probably the one who has brought this to the forefront the most. And so yeah. there's there's just a lot of it in comedy now where you can tell they're riffing. You can tell they shot the scene six times and said, hey, do a new tag. Do a new tag. You know? Yeah. So, uh, and, and I don't mind. As long as you're picking the, the best stuff and... It works, but there is an element of that that can seem a little bit performative, maybe is the word. Yeah. And uh, and so I think I understand what you're saying. 
Yeah. Uh, the premise for this movie had potential, but I think the biggest flaw is just the overall story is very lackluster. Like, the movie starts off with such high potential, but as it progresses, you're like, oh, this is just getting weird. Right. And uh, it doesn't, it definitely does not stick to landing. I think the the reason, uh, and maybe this is the reason I like it a little bit more than you, or it appears that maybe I do, is uh, I think that the actual plot of the movie becomes very secondary to what this movie is trying to do. Uh, the the movie seems primarily invested in the relationship and us understanding how they're coming together after this, you know, this crazy night. And so the crazy yeah. night part of it becomes secondary to them, re- their realization uh, that they have the the feelings that they have for each other. That's not an excuse. Yeah. The movie should do both well. The the great movies will do both. Well, Game Night is a great example of that. It does. I was both. literally just about to say Game Night does it right. Um, yeah. uh, another thing I'll say is with a uh, a plot like this, like the actual background plot, uh, in my head I'm going, yeah, people break up or have you know uh, uh, relationship troubles all the time. But what is happening to you right now? trumps every other thing in your life <laughs> put all that stuff on hold it doesn't need to be discussed right now uh that is way more important yeah yeah survival may take precedence uh over your petty argument at this point in yeah. the evening <laughs> yeah no i can see that i totally agree how much did you laugh yeah. did you have a good time did you did you find i will a say lot this i laughed a lot in this movie i did laugh a lot yeah yeah me too i think that uh, whenever uh, Issa Rae and Kumail are doing the uh, the riffing and stuff, there's a couple of them that really got me. There's some there's some pretty good uh, one liners in this. Well, you can tell they're both very funny and very very oh, yeah. fast on their feet. Uh, it's interesting to watch the the scores come in. Critics are pretty split on it. It's like a 66 on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score is really low on this, and so I think there's a a variety of reactions kind of to what's what's going on here uh with them and i think maybe it just depends on whether you not you buy into them or not i think that may be kind of the central uh factor yeah i uh i don't see uh uh, believing the relationship to be an issue because like like we both agreed on i think that the chemistry between these two is great i bought it from the beginning when the relationship's just beginning, and you could see like the sparks and the chemistry starting, and then the uh, the quick cut. You're like, oh yeah, I'm 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 100. This is a relationship that is in unfolding right before us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to kind of bring out from the Lovebirds? Any you know moments or things plus or neg- you know positive or negative? No post credit scene. Well, yes, that is true. There, yeah. there is no post-credit scene. Um, do hey, we... I gotta, I gotta do my job, man. I gotta <laughs> do my job. Gotta let the people know. Uh, yeah, I, this is one of those movies that feels like, oh, that was that was a good time. I had a good time, and then also at the same time, completely inconsequential. It's not a movie. Yes. it's not a movie where I'm like, oh, you gotta see this. Or even though I enjoyed it, it's not a movie where I'm like, oh yeah, I think you'd like that. It's more a movie where I'm like. I had a good time. Maybe you will. 
if if you want to watch it sometime, watch it. So it's not like a wholehearty recommend. It's more of like a, if you're as bored as I am, go ahead and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best the best way I can put it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Totally. All right. Uh, so there you go. That is the Lovebirds. It is on Netflix, so you're probably already uh, paying for access to it. So yeah, if you're bored, go ahead and throw it on. Maybe you know, fold some laundry in the background while while you're watching or something. Because that's what we do now. We watch movies while doing other things, and uh, so be it, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> all right, let us move on to the best ever challenge for this week. We're doing the Love Guru Memorial BEC on Love Movies. Uh, that's right. I'm going to name the worst movie possible in every category now and uh, name the uh, challenge after it. Uh, so this is the Love <laughs> Guru Memorial, BEC, movies with the word love in the title. Uh, all right. Uh, there are a lot of them, Andrew. There are a lot of movies. Oh, yeah. And I should mention, oh, yeah. we even uh, allowed the inclusion of movies that have the word love hidden in other words. Um, yes. And I, I, that's fine. Although I really only found one, and it did make my list. But uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, trying to th- I'm looking over. Yeah, uh, only one, and it's it's high up there. Correct. It's high for me as well. Yeah. Uh, in fact, <laughs> it's my number one. But we'll get there Mine eventually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's start at number five and work our way up. Um, Andrew, kick us off. What's your number five movie with the word love in it? I am going to go with a little film called I Love You, Man. Ah, uh, yes. I had that in my honorable mentions. Yeah. Paul Rudd. I mean, this movie and Jason Siegel, this movie is the epitome of a bromance. Uh, yes. The, these guys work so great together. Uh, <laughs> if if you're if you're out there and you don't understand like what a bromance is, just watch I Love You, Man. <laughs> It'll explain everything. That's right. You'll get it then. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a really funny movie, and one I actually feel like I need to go back and rewatch. When was the last time you watched Just it? Because I haven't watched it in a long time either. Uh, when it came out, yeah, I think so too. Which was like ten years ago now. Yeah, but I just remembered I laughed so much. Yeah, yeah. It's so. and it's pretty well well loved. I think people recognize it as a great comedy. Paul Rudd is so great, and I I'm kind of uh-huh. right there with you. This is a fun movie. But it has been a decade since I've seen it, and I'm just having trouble recalling some of it. But, you know, many movies have come and gone. Uh, I'm noticing that Rashida Jones is in it, and uh, I had forgotten that. Uh, Oh, yeah, she's uh, Paul Rudd's uh, fiancé, right? Right, right. So what a great cast. Jamie Presley, uh, Andy Samberg. So, yeah, this is one I'm going to need to revisit because I remember having a good time with it. Oh, yeah. What you got at number five? I've got an old one at number five. Uh, the Love Bug. Uh, the first. Her- oh yeah, Herbie. The first Herbie movie was called The Love Bug. It's kind of that Star Wars thing where it was just called yeah. Star Wars, and then later we've called it Episode, you know, Four, A New, a Hope, New Hope, that kind of stuff. The Love Bug. Yeah. Uh, people just call it Herbie now. But uh, I listen. This may be pure nostalgia. I don't know. I I think this movie is so great. Uh, and just something as a kid about a car that could think and feel, and I just, I don't know, I just have a great time with this, and I kind of, I watched it so much, I kind of have it memorized, uh, Dean Jones is great in it, Buddy Hackett is so funny in this movie. I was movie. just about to say, Buddy Hackett's what makes this movie for me. Yeah. 
Tennessee. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So it's a good time, and uh, I had to mention it here at number five. What do you got at number four? It was, it was in my honorable mentions. At number four, I have a movie I don't know if you've seen, and uh, if you haven't, then please give me a, a chance to explain the movie and believe me that it's not as horrifying as it sounds. <laughs> Ooh, I, I like the, what a, what a tease. Yeah, the movie is called Wrist Cutters, A Love Story. Okay, that does sound awful. Yes, and here's the premise, but again, just believe me that it's a really good movie, okay? I'm believing you, Andrew. I'm trusting you. All right, so it's a movie about people who commit suicide. Please stay with me. Still there. And, yes, uh, they go... Uh, they don't go to heaven or hell when they commit suicide. They go into purgatory, like a limbo state. And it's about uh, people's day to day lives. It's kind of like a. It's, they live pretty much the exact same lives they did uh, when they were alive. Uh, it's just uh, more bleak and mundane. But uh, they meet this one girl who claims that she did not kill herself. Okay. So she and her new friends are going to go on a. Uh, a road trip to find the people in charge so she can get out of limbo. Hmm. It has a crazy good go-go bordello soundtrack. Uh, it's a very funny movie for as uh, horrifying as the premise sounds. It's a, actually a very beautiful love story. And uh, it's an interesting cast, too. This is one of uh, Nick... He's not the main. He's he has a little quick cameo, but it's one of Nick Offerman's like first uh, films. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, let's see if I can find who directed it real quick. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's one of those things where we all have those movies that a lot of people probably haven't heard of or don't know of, and uh, and so that's that's definitely one that was something that had missed me completely. Yeah, somehow. Uh, Grand Dubrick directed it but listen to this cast i mean you got patrick fugit mm-hmm. uh shia wiggum uh tom waits will arnett uh leslie bibb uh yeah and you got uh mark boone jr this is a pretty good cast oh john hawks is in it as well mm-hmm. like i said nick offerman no it's a it's it sounds like a very bleak and dour movie which parts of it obviously are but it's it's also very hopeful. Yeah, there, there's a lot. There's a very big hopeful element to it, and like I said, great soundtrack, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. If you if you are triggered and stuff by uh, maybe triggered, if you're un, uneasy with movies about suicide, that's it's what the whole movie's about in the background. But the whole the motivation of everything is quite beautiful. I think. Okay. All right. Nice recommend. My number four is probably one that only I would have on here. Uh, It is a movie called For Love of the Game. This is a Kevin Costner baseball movie. and It is in my honorable mentions. Oh, good, good. Uh, I really enjoy this movie, and I can't tell you how much of that is because he's a Detroit Tiger. I I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea how psychologically... That impacts me. I just know I really like watching this game. I think the baseball in this movie is some of the best movie baseball ever filmed. I think the 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 game at the center of this, the, the titular game, is some of the best sports tension 
I've seen in movie making and accurate sports tension I've seen in movie making. I just I really love the the sport part of this. The relationship side of it is not my favorite part of the movie, and it, it's what drags it down for me just a little bit. But the baseball stuff is so good that that I come back to this movie. I really enjoy it. Oh yeah, would you believe it's a Sam Raimi movie? Yeah, I, well, I would believe that that it's a Sam Raimi movie, but uh, but I don't know that you would believe that by by watching it necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know why I, you know me, I hate baseball. Yeah. Hate baseball. Baseball movies are always good. (laughs) I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Maybe because they can condense a baseball game down to like 30 minutes, you know, right. The last game that you actually care about. Right. Yeah. And they make it interesting and stuff. Yeah. That's if that's what, uh, the, Major League Baseball needs to figure out how to condense the game down to 30 minutes and only highlights. <laughs> so players need to work on well, that. Well, that's that's how I watch the games now. Um, I watch the Tigers games with the little package they put together afterwards. It's about 15 minutes long, and it's just all the, the important plays. Uh, mm. And it's you know it's just an easy way to, to actually watch the parts of the game that are exciting. Uh, now yeah. there is nothing that beats a tension-filled game where a lot is on the line, like a playoff game or a World Series game. That space actually becomes filled with emotion, which is great. It's just the problem is not every game means that much, and so yeah. it becomes very boring to try to watch just regular baseball games uh, for me pretty quickly, unless you really know like the the minute details of the game and even then i you know it's just it's it's a very you know they, they call it america's pastime because in america it passes time you know it just it it yes. takes it takes a long time to get through a baseball game so yeah i but i do love this one and uh john, no, yeah. john c Riley in there kelly preston yeah he's the catcher uh doing some stuff so yeah good stuff for love of the game what do you- brian cox and jk simmons it's yeah it's a very good surprising like i said man i don't know why Hate baseball, love baseball movies. What do you got at number three? I got Punch Drunk Love. That was in my uh, honorable mentions. Yep. Oh, yeah? Uh, I'm a sucker for Paul Thomas Anderson, so just uh, this is one of, I think this might be the first time I saw uh, Adam Sandler in a serious role. Yeah, I think think for me, too. I think for me as well. Yeah. And you realize, oh, okay, this guy's got some skill, actually. Mm -hmm. Because he's going toe to toe with like Emily Watson and Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm-hmm. and that's that's not an easy task. Philip Seymour Hoffman is just really creepy in this movie. Uh, I also uh, like I, I want actually I want to go back to Adam Sandler real quick. His ability to play like a timid and calm guy who just uh, absorbs all this tension and then he just uh, lets it out. You know, like he explodes. That whole uh, aspect of I'm like, oh, I haven't really seen that character on screen before. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, I will admit, not the uh, the most intriguing premise, but the, I think the performances really elevate this film. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This is a performance based movie. Uh, I don't think I like it quite as much as you do, and I have a. A weird hit and miss track record with uh, PTA, and 
some of his movies, like for instance, um, what was the Daniel Day Lewis one? The, the There will be blood. No, I mean, I, I that's a great example of one I love. And then also the recent one uh, that for some reason is slipping my brain just came out a couple years ago. Um, oh, Phantom Thread. Yeah, Phantom Thread. I thought love Phantom okay. Thread. Love Phantom Thread. And then yeah. others, I'll just be like, I don't get it, guys. I don't, I don't understand what he's doing here. Um, did he do? <laughs> did he do like Inherent Vice? And, uh, yes, I hate that movie. And it's just so confusing. And even The Master. It's the longest movie I've ever seen, and it's only like two hours long. <laughs> even The Master, I just I just can't, uh, for whatever oh. reason, I can't get into it. And uh, Oh, I love The Master so much. Oh, gosh, I love that but movie. But The Master is very similar to me, like other PTA movies that I don't like, like Punch Drunk Love. I shouldn't say I don't like. I should say other PTA movies that I don't vibe with. I, that mm-hmm. I can respect, but I don't vibe with. Punch Drunk Love is the same way, where it's like I see the great performances that are happening. I'm not connecting to anything. I don't. I, I'm having trouble staying invested in what's going on on the screen, and so that's that for me is a is a difficult thing. Inherent Vice is a totally different thing, where I'm just confused. I have no clue what's going on in that movie. Uh, no, it's just not a good movie. Um, but but anyhow, so yeah, I've got a weird PTA relationship, so. When he, when he nails me, man, he nails me, and he always brings the technical aspect to it in a way that I can really respect. Uh, so, Punch Drunk Love, uh, Drunk Love, I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah, He just he's a master of uh, knowing exactly how to build tension as well. Like, if you, like, pick up ev- any single one of his movies, I'll name, like, the most tense-inducing <laughs> scene from that movie. Uh, like, Boogie Nights or Magnolia... There's just what do you, how do you feel about Magnolia? Have you ever seen that one? I have. I have. I can follow Magnolia a little bit better. Uh, I enjoy it. I don't love it. Uh, I love There Will Be Blood. I love Phantom Thread. I enjoy Magnolia. I enjoy Boogie Nights. <clears throat> uh, I uh, don't like the master. I don't like the master. I don't like Punch Drunk Love. That's a weird way to say it. I respect. I respect them a lot. I really see what's going on on the screen. I just. I'm not connected to them. You don't enjoy the other. Right, and then Inherent Vice. I just. I. You know. Yeah. That's just. I don't. I don't uh, get that movie at all. So there you go. Cool, cool, cool. And I've never. What you get at number three? I've never seen uh, Hard Eight. Should I see Hard Eight? I don't know if I've seen Hard Eight either. Okay. Have I? I don't know. I really. I really should. Not you know might as well knock it off my list right? Yeah, why not? It's not like we're doing anything else. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, my number three is Love Simon, uh, and I know you really enjoy this movie as well, so I wouldn't be surprised if you've got it uh, above me. Um, no, actually, it was a uh, honorable oh, mention. Nice. Uh, this this is a really beautiful movie. I really enjoy this oh, one. Oh yeah. Um. So, so yeah, this is uh this is a very recent film. And if you haven't got a chance to see it yet, I would highly recommend it. But it's just, it's a beautiful story of love, a beautiful story of self-discovery, of understanding, um, you know, um, kind of your place in the world, like how you feel different, how you feel the same. Uh, It's, you know, uh, revolves uh, around a 17-year-old Simon. Um, and he hasn't told his family or friends that he's gay, so he's still closeted and trying to figure out what the world around him means knowing this and it's interesting because the homosexuality in it doesn't become the main part of this movie it just becomes a part of this character's being and i think 
that yeah. walking that line is such an interesting thing to do, and this movie does it really, really well. Yeah, because the movie, uh, like the opening narration, it just you know it's it states that he's closeted, you know, and uh, uh, by doing that, by saying it at the very beginning, you're you're taking the uh, suspicion out of it, and you're just laying it out. Okay, here it is. We don't need to. Uh, uh, make a make a big thing out of it. It's going to be a driving force of the movie, but uh, him discovering who he truly is as a person, as you know, a friend, as uh, somebody in love, as a son. I will say, uh, there's a scene at the very end with uh, Nick Robinson who plays Simon and uh, Josh Duhamel who plays the dad, where the dad and him finally you know talk together, and it's one of the most beautiful and realistic uh just like uh i'm i'm not homosexual but i can just imagine like the how that conversation i'm like that has to be what that conversation is like like mm-hmm. hey uh it it's truly beautiful and amazing and jennifer gardner is the mom um i it's weird because i keep forgetting that she's as old as she is <laughs> because i'm like oh you're only 24 aren't you how can you have a kid that's in high school <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't seem to age. Um, no, uh, it's it's pretty impressive. So, uh, yeah. No, no. I I totally recommend this movie, and it also again has a great soundtrack. Yes, that as well. What do you got at number yes. two? I'm gonna go with Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, that's right. In my honorable mentions, probably number six. Uh, if I had to to rank it, I'm not gonna lie. If you count this as a rom com. Who me personally? Yeah. yeah, I hate uh, genres. <laughs> like genre, is the genre. Con- How can you hate genres? That's part of our job. I know. No, <laughs> it's it's really weird. I just the genre conversation for me always becomes exhausting because it's like it's mm. it's so many different things. Yes, of course it's a rom com. There's romance and there's comedy. That makes it a rom com. Yeah. But it's it's more than that too. Yeah, um, I love this movie so much. I love Ryan Gosling. I love Steve Carell, Emma Stone. I mean, every single person in this movie is cast perfectly. It is like we talk all the time about how Star Trek, you know, they like, oh, they they knew exactly who they were casting perfectly for that role. I think that Crazy Stupid Love is right up there with like a perfectly cast movie. Yeah. Uh, Even Julianne Moore and Kevin Bacon is David Lindhagen. Yep. <laughs> David Lindog. <laughs> no, it's just it's it, and it had a twist coming in it that f- for me I was just so uh immersed in all these characters and like focusing on them that I didn't see the twist coming but a lot of people say they did. Uh but it totally took me off guard and maybe that's the reason why I ha- hold it in such high regard cuz I didn't see uh what was co- what what was obviously coming and uh it uh, it it unravel at the it ends beautifully it begins beautifully i love this movie a lot yeah i should probably revisit it it has been a while since i've seen it i do remember enjoying it quite a bit it is 9 years old now uh if you ever wondered where wow. if you ever wondered where the uh, ryan gosling laughing into his hand uh animated gif came from you uh you will you will see it in this movie so uh yep. yeah it, it's it's really fun uh, I just haven't seen it recently enough uh, to really kind of dig in. So, yeah, that's another one on my my revisit. 
list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the scene with uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, where she's like, hey, take me back. I want to have a one-night stand. And then they just have, like, a real human conversation throughout the mm-hmm. night. Oh, I love it so much. I can't praise this movie enough. There you go. Uh, my num- but then, obviously, there's one that can be... There can only be num- one number one. That's true. But you, well, you're no- what's your number two? My number two is a movie that probably missed quite a few people. I'm not even sure if you ever uh, got around to this. It's 2014. Uh, it is called The One I Love. And this is a very fascinating movie. Uh, Elizabeth Moss and Charlie McDowell and Mark Duplass uh, are kind of the, the main three in this. And then Mary Steenburgen and Ted Danson are both in it uh, as well. Uh, it is It centers around a couple whose marriage is crumbling and they have a weird experience when they get away for a weekend uh, at a house recommended by their therapist. Ted Danson plays the therapist. And basically this house becomes a mystical... Uh, look at their relationship and I don't want to give anything away but it is strange and uh, surreal and beautiful and really swept me off my feet uh, that year so it was one of my favorites of 2014. Well I mean you you sold me with the cast I love Duplass and Moss and uh, Ted Danson so yeah uh, yeah I'll definitely check that one out and it seems like an interesting uh, concept and premise I love I love stuff where it's like, hey, if you go and do this thing here, you know, maybe you'll find something, and then things get weird. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. And it really, it was just at that point uh, where Elizabeth Moss was starting to kind of be an uh, a, a kind of an A lister after Mad Men, just not, not an A lister yet, but at that point where it was like she was known. Yeah, and it was it was like, oh, this is what she can do, kind of thing. And yeah. since then, she's been in lots of great stuff but hands made handmaid's tale mm -hmm. all that goodness yes it is streaming on netflix it appears so uh oh i'll check it out you should be able to check that out pretty easily again it's called the one i love and i think we both have the same number one yep love guru (laughs) no no andrew no (laughs) that's a bad andrew bad Andrew. i actually mine is kind of a, a 1a and 1b uh, but uh, I have Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane kind of uh, there together in the number one slot. Which one did you put up there? Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think of Cloverfields. <laughs> wow. Well, what did you think of that I missed? Dr. Strangelove. Oh, yeah. No, I have that in my honorable mentions. Uh Oh. Oh, man. Well, I would have put 10 Cloverfield Lane. Man, that would have made my top five. Yeah. That would have made my top five. Yeah. That probably would have been number two. Yeah. That's that's my number one. I think if you asked me to pick which movie I like the best of those two Cloverfield movies, I think I would pick 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, I really do like them both quite a bit. I think, uh, yeah. I think Cloverfield is kind of groundbreaking in a lot of ways, and not just for the found footage thing. Uh, for the marketing thing. The trailers. Yeah. All, like, going in. Yeah, all that stuff. So, Tin Cloverfield Lane is uh, is a better movie, I think, and one of my favorites. Uh, so, yeah, I have that as my number one. Clover. Yeah. Man, you are good. <laughs> well, I mean, the word love is in there, you know? No, you're 100% right. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. I never, 
ever would have put that together. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about uh, Dr. Strangelove. Uh, uh, I mean, what more can be said about this movie that hasn't already been said? I just love the... uh, There's so many uh, different stories going on at the same time. You know, you got Slim Pickens and... uh, who else is in the? Uh, oh, James Earl Jones is in the bomber. You know, mm-hmm. uh, then you have the. Uh, I think the war room is the uh, the best uh, sequence of like what uh, a political like a uh, war room must be like. Uh, one of my favorite lines is, "Hey, you can't fight in here. This is the war room." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, another thing that I I don't know why, but I have always been a very adamant in that Peter Sellers does not get enough credit for all the work he does in that movie. Yeah, I for mean... playing so many different people. In general, Peter Sellers doesn't get enough credit for being the comedic yeah. genius that he is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, as, obviously, he plays uh, Dr. Strangelove, President Muffley, and then he also plays uh, Group Captain Lionel Mandrake, and I think Mandrake might be my favorite character in that movie, besides uh, General uh, Turgidson. There's just so much uh, going on with that movie that you can't... I mean, I can understand why people don't... If you're not a Stanley Kubrick fan, it's very Kubrick. No, Well, I think maybe 2001 is the most Kubrick movie out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that Doctor Strangelove is right up there where you have to understand the type of movie that you're going in to see because if you don't know then i could possibly this movie could be off-putting but if you do i think it's one of the greatest movies of all time yeah kubrick kind of has has his finger on that right where it's like you're 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 going in for something a little bit different uh but if you're willing to vibe with it if you're willing to jive with it you're going to go in for something really special and I, I think he yeah. he has his thing. And again, maybe not as much as with PTA, but but Kubrick and I have a, a little bit of a, a shaky relationship too, where it's <laughs> y- you know where where I'll enjoy some of his stuff and others of his stuff. I'm like, yeah, hey, you're going a little a little too weird for me, a little too abstract for me. I'm not connecting yeah. with the the monkeys and the monolith. And I love I love the you know I love the Hal Nine thousand stuff but you know what i mean so there's yeah well how nine thousand for me for 2001 that's pretty much the only thing i look at that movie i go oh this is incredible right like uh you know the evolution of man at the beginning or uh uh the i'll just say the uh (laughs) the psychedelic uh uh wormhole Mm -hmm. at the end yeah i'm like i i don't get it things are happening right now i'm trying to understand but i can't <laughs> i'm working it's, it's on Kubricking yeah. way too hard for me right now yeah. space baby what is going on <laughs> yes yep yeah so yeah so yeah i uh i i i like i like kubrick i respect kubrick i don't always connect with his movies um but dr strange love is one of the best in my opinion yeah uh, awesome. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions that weren't, uh, talked well, about? Well, I wanted to ask you before I go into the ones that I would, I, I, I wrote down from Russia with love. Yep. Um, is, and that's a bond movie, right? Yep. And is to sir with love a bond movie? 
The Spy Who Loved Me. I don't the Spy Who know. Loved Me is a Bond movie. To Sir With Love is something yeah. completely different. Anyways, I just had written down a few. Yeah. I thought, are those Bond movies? And I wanted to ask you, like, are those good Bond movies? Because I haven't really seen a lot of the old Bond movies. From, from Russia With Love is... Uh, it's one of the originals. It's a Connery one. I like it. Uh, if I'm going to recommend a Connery one, though, I'm going to recommend Goldfinger. Uh, I, I'm one of the few people that actually like Roger Moore as a James Bond. So the spy who loved me is one that I definitely recommend because it's also where you have Richard Keel as jaws and jaws is one of my favorite bond villains ever. Mm. I think that, uh, if, uh, Daniel Craig could, uh, if there's, uh, one thing I wish that they would have brought back because I think that's what the Daniel Craig James Bond's have been good at is bringing back characters, you know, from the old films, uh, like, Blofeld and stuff like that. Uh, I was like, oh, maybe they'll bring back like Odd Job or Jaws or any something like that. But uh, uh, they haven't. But I think that it could be done really, really well. And I do like uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. If I'm going to recommend one of those two, probably the Spy Who Loved Me. Okay, yeah. To Sir with Love is the Sydney Poitier uh, film uh, from the sixties. Sydney Poitier. Uh, I also had uh, Love Actually is worth mentioning, although I don't necessarily enjoy that movie as much as some. Uh, the Lovely Bones, Can't Buy Me Love, uh, Shakespeare in Love certainly should be mentioned. Uh, did win the Oscar, although many think of it as the movie that uh, shouldn't have won Stole the Oscar. Stole from Saving Private <laughs> yeah, Ryan. Exactly. Uh, Love and Mercy is a movie that just kind of missed a, a, pretty much everybody about uh, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Uh, which oh yeah that has a john cusack mm-hmm. and a paul dano right yeah yeah i think that's worth yeah. a watch uh eat pray love should be mentioned and then love and basketball uh because i'm a, a big oh, basketball yeah. fan and that's a decent movie as well so and that's a good what about good you movie, you have yeah. any uh the only other other one that you did not mention is i love you to death okay have you seen that one i don't know i don't think it's so it's uh uh <laughs> it's a it's a okay it's a true story uh, about uh, a wife who finds out that her husband's cheating on him. So her and her mother go on a, uh, a scheme to kill the husband, but they keep fumbling it. And it, like I said, it's based on a true story, but it has uh, Kevin Klein as the husband. And you also have uh, Tracy uh, Ullman and William Hurt in it as well, and a very young Keanu Reeves. And uh, River Phoenix. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I've never I, uh, never even heard of that. I, yeah, it's it's weird. It's fun. It's a uh, it's not gonna like blow your mind. Like, oh, this is a great movie. It's it's a ridiculous uh, crime comedy. Not too different from uh uh Lovebirds it, tonally. You know mm-hmm. how like okay, this is just ridiculous, but I'm okay with it being ridiculous because that's what I'm wanting. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd recommend it. Okay, cool, cool. Well, if we missed any, let us know. Uh, you can always email us mm. feedback at sifpop.com or hit me up on Twitter at Aaron Dicer. Uh, speaking of feedback, we do have a Sif quest we want to get to. But before we get to that, thank you to our Sif Pop members. We appreciate you very much. Membership starts at 3 bucks a month, comes with some uh, fun perks, including a weekly bonus podcast uh, where we talk about a different topic for a little bit just for our members and Andrew on this week's bonus podcast uh, let me know a little bit of uh, something he may be watching now that I was very happy about a uh, little little thing called The Last Airbender and not the movie hmm. but the TV show 
Uh, so that's happening on the bonus. Po- Actually, we solved racism. I'm sorry, I forgot. We solved. I was about to say, <laughs> we solved racism. That's what we did. Uh, you can check that out if you're a SIF. Way to bury the lead. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can check out the uh, the uh, members podcast by going to your membership page at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash SIFTPOP, S-I-F-T-P-O-P. And thank you so much for your support. All right, let's do this SIFT quest. Uh, this came through Twitter. Did you see the Kimmy Schmidt Interactive Special? What did you think? And I think this is a good thing to discuss on a couple levels. Uh, the primary level being, was it good entertainment? And the secondary level being, hey, look, Netflix did another interactive thing. Uh, and yeah. so, Andrew, I'm curious. Uh, have, you, have you watched it? Oh, yeah. So how was your, how oh, was yeah. your experience? I love it, man. I had so much fun with this. I had so much fun. I'm with right it. there with you. And honestly, honestly, it, I, I'm not caught up on the show, but going through uh, the interactive thing makes me want to not only go back but start from the beginning, and uh, just enjoy everything about this show. Yeah, because there's characters that uh, I'd totally forgotten about who are really prevalent, like uh, John Hamm's character, the Reverend, mm-hmm. who I might add. I think this is one of John Hamm's funniest uh, performances. Oh, so good! Not yeah. not not only in uh, this interactive, but in the show as the Reverend. He's just so funny, and he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But I love him so much. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, Titus or er, er, Andromeda is one of the funniest characters ever put on the screen. Yep. And uh, Kimmy Schmidt is one of the most lovable. You can't help but want the world for her type of characters yeah yeah i may yeah. i may have mentioned this before but um my uh my wife uh her checks are signed by kimmy schmidt's dad or i should say the actress's uh dad uh because i guess he owns really <laughs> yeah it's one of those weird things they're like oh look a little connection um but yeah it, i found this absolutely delightful uh i love the unbreakable kimmy schmidt i think it's some of the the fun, most joyful writing that I've seen in the past few years. I love the fact that they brought it back with this interactive special. I guess we can kind of transition into technology because honestly, that's what I want to rave about the most. I think I was I was curious if the technology would work beyond the Black Mirror thing where it was very meta and you understood how it played in to the Black the, Mirror. The Bandersnatch. Yeah, the Bandersnatch thing. And this proved to me that this technology is usable in the right hands in a variety of formats, a variety of genres. And I think what makes it work the most, and we may have talked about this with Bandersnatch, is it's so fluid. It, it just, it's seamless. It yeah. just feels like the show keeps going. Jokes continue to happen while you're making your choice. In fact, sometimes those jokes change. I don't know if you if you noticed this, but I, I went through this a few times to try to get to all the different, you know, branches. Yeah, I, did too. I tried to get every single thing I possibly could. And uh, did you get all the way through the Twelve Days of Christmas taco style? Twice. <laughs> did you do it twice? No. What happens when you do it the second time? Oh, you. Oh. So after you do the Twelve Days of Taco the first time, if you click on her again, you do the Twelve Days of Taco. Uh, I forget who the news guy was. Uh, 
but he's it just pops up like as soon as you click on it he goes congratulations nerd and then it just like does this quick montage of like all the goofs and stuff oh yeah i did get that i didn't realize oh okay i didn't think i got through the song twice i think what it was was you get to one part of the song like you get through the first six days and it'll be like do you want to go back to the you know the other options or do you want to continue listening to this song and then if you listen to it all the way through I think you get that. That was my experience, at least. But again, with some, oh yeah, with something. I had to, I had to do the full uh, twelve days, and then I figured I would try it again to see what would happen, and then that's what happened. So I had to try it a second. Time. Interesting, I, man. I I loved this so much. It is it it brought back the nostalgia of choose your own adventure <laughs> books in a really fun way. Yeah. Where you know that the narrative is going to branch. You may end up dead. You may end up at a different ending and the way the choices impacted the story was real. It wasn't a gimmick. It was, you could really have a different experience every time you watch this. Um, I just, oh, yeah. I just, I loved it. I really, really loved it. I, um, the first time I watched it, uh, real quick though, what did you watch it on? I watched it on my phone. See, I watched it on my TV. Okay. Yeah. Um, while I was watching on my phone, uh, I found that the first time I, I watched through this and interacted with it, I always chose the most ridiculous option. Okay. And then the second time through is when I played it straight. Yeah. And uh, gotta be honest, the uh, the more ridiculous is the way to go. <laughs> You're going to quote unquote die a lot more. But it's so much more fun. I, I treat it like a hedge maze. I always turn left first. And then if left doesn't work, I turn right. Mm. So I always go with the, the option on the far left and then just work my way to the right. Uh, so Interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Or you could just, you know, pick the, the choices you want to pick. Uh, it, that's what kind of makes it fun. I the thing, yeah. the thing that was most mind-blowing to me wasn't that the different branching narratives had different fun stuff. It was that even on some of the same branches, so like the same narratives had different small jokes. And you remember? Oh yeah. You remember when we were talking about the uh, the the lovebirds just a few moments ago, and we talked about how maybe they let them riff and they did seven or eight different tags on stuff. This is one of those things where they include all the tags and then it just randomly picks the one you get. So there's like a moment where John Hamm is, you know, uh, trying to escape in the woods and the way he tries to escape is like four or five different ways, depending on how you got there. Yeah. And it's that kind of free hat. Yeah. Yes. Free hat. That's, that's <laughs> such a great one. Uh, I, I just, I, I love it. I love it. I think this is brilliant. I think in the right hands, in the right mind, this kind of technology is going to be a lot of fun. And I think interactivity in entertainment is something we've wondered about if that was possible. And I think we're seeing it is possible to have a good experience with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really don't know because it's one of those things I don't want to talk too much about because I want people to have their own uh, experience with. But there yeah. is one question. It's kind of a spoiler that, I, but I do want to ask you. Uh, All right. Well, the, let's uh, let's do in- let's do this then. If if you don't want this spoiler, just jump ahead like uh, twenty seconds. Yeah. All right. Uh, did did you uh, try and skip the intro? 
Yes, yes, of course. I did both. Yeah, I, I watched the intro and and tried to skip it. Uh, I think I watched it first and then tried to skip it the second time, and I was so glad I did. <laughs> uh, now you get the long version. <laughs> yeah. So good. Uh, so yeah. very, very good. How dare you skip one of the greatest intros in television history, which is not an exaggeration. Um, it really is. They lied it's a miracle. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. Again, it's the Kimmy Schmidt interactive special. It has a name. I forget what it is. Something about Kimmy and the uh, Reverend. It's Kimmy versus the Reverend. Yeah, Kimmy versus the Reverend. Uh, and you can find that on Netflix. So there you go. If you have a question for us, so you want to send us on a Sift Quest again, hit us up. Feedback at SiftPop.com or hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. Uh, let's finish it off with our buried treasure. Andrew, what do you got? I am going to go with a movie that we have talked about uh, several times on the show, but uh, I just recently rewatched it, and it just uh, affirmed my love for it. Spike Lee joint. Uh, it's my favorite Spike Lee movie, and no, it's not the one you're thinking of. It's not? It is. Yeah, it's Inside Man. No, that's the one I was thinking of. Oh, okay. <laughs> what you, would you think I was thinking of? Uh... uh Oh man, Spike Lee! It's his first movie. Uh, oh, Jungle Fever. Oh, brain fart. No. Uh, come on, brain. Why don't you decide to work? <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a, give me two, give me two seconds. I know it's right here. And there's uh, do the right thing. Yes. I figure everybody thinks uh, do the right thing is his uh, best film, and that uh, yeah, that was before Jungle Fever. Yes, yeah, uh, it was. You're do correct. Do the right thing was eighty nine. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. No, ins- but, uh, Inside Man is great. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it might be like a uh, storytelling wise the best heist movie. I think Heat kind of has a a nostalgia and like a a foundation as the best uh, because of, you know the character development and all that kind of stuff with uh, De Niro and uh, Pacino especially. And a, a really great Val Kilmer performance, but I think that Inside Man, going, it's right up. It, it kind of combines the best parts of Heat with the best parts of uh, Ocean's Eleven. You know, mm-hmm. it, it 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 has the uh, the amazing, the perfect heist, and how how'd you do it? But also the character development that you'd find in something like Heat. Uh, no, I, I absolutely love this movie. I think that Denzel Washington kills it in this movie. I think that uh, Clive Owen is great as uh, the 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 robber. Uh, mm-hmm. Jodie Foster coming in with one of her best performances ever alongside Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Those two working off of each other is just, it's so, uh, you can't take your eyes off of the screen. It's so great. And then you got Chiwetel Ejiofor and Willem Dafoe as uh, people working with uh, Denzel Washington's character, Detective Frazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't... Uh, if you love heist movies and you haven't seen Inside Man, it is a uh, it's a staple. It's one of the best ever. Yeah, huge recommend. Huge recommend. Uh, and like you said, especially if you love heist movies, this is, this is a must, must see. Because uh, yeah. it is... What you got? It is one of the best, if not the best. Uh, My buried treasure this week is a documentary that is on Hulu right now called Spaceship Earth. 
And this follows the Biosphere Project uh, that happened in the early 90s. You may remember, you may not, depending on uh, your age, uh, that there were a group of eight people who locked themselves into a biosphere for... Oh, the dome! Yes, for two years. Uh, It is... This documentary is good. I'm glad I watched it. It's not... Like a great documentary, documentary, documentary where you come away going, oh, that's I have to recommend this to everybody. It's not that kind of thing, but it definitely gives me a lot of information I didn't know about these people. Kind of the where they came from, I I thought was really interesting, and I don't want to spoil anything. The process of living there for two years was obviously very interesting. The controversy that came with it was uh, was interesting. So there was a lot about this that I, I was compelled to continue to watch because I, I wanted to know the details of the things that happened. Um, I was disappointed that there was no mention of the Pauly Shore movie, Biodome. Um, oh, Biodome, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. I mean, you got to mention it at least. Uh, there- I mean, it, it's got a Baldwin in it. I mean, you have to talk <laughs> That's about That's right. It. But other than that, I had a... Uh, I, I don't want to say I had a good time. I just, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I know that information now. That's what documentaries for me often don't have to be anything more than that. They don't have to be anything more than... Uh, I walked in with empty spots in my information, and my curiosity was fulfilled. Now I have uh, a rounder idea of what happened in this situation. So, um, yeah, it's 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 incredible what they built, and especially when you know oh, yeah. the background of this group of people, uh, makes it even more fascinating that they were able to put this together. And I don't know, it's it's basically like a hippie commune built a spaceship <laughs> you know that's what it, that's what it, that's what it feels like uh yeah so so yeah check it out on hulu again it's called spaceship earth yeah uh pro- is it which would you recommend more biodome or spaceship earth, <laughs> spaceship earth 100 percent. okay all right fine sorry Polly Shore. that's right <laughs> well we did it man um yeah we did we we did a podcast we didn't we didn't have to go to lake of the ozarks to do it No, we didn't. We did it from the safety of our home. That's right, we did. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out once again today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Thanks to Phil, who produces the show. Thank you, producer Phil. Thanks, Phil. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving every month to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at 3 bucks a month. You get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks. You can check that out at patreon.com slash Pop. Lots of ways to connect with us here. You can leave a comment. You can rate, leave a review uh, at Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also email feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than choosing between a horse kick to the chest and bacon grease in the face. Uh, I think that's a pretty easy decision. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, is, is C, none of the above, available? Uh, <laughs> we will be back next week with more from our list of shame. Uh, if you want to do the homework with us, we are going to be talking about The Treasure of Sierra Madre and Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. So we will see you then. <laughs>